0: An Ironic Media Production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K All
1: right, today on the podcast, I have Susan Burrell, and we are going to be talking about consciousness and how we can feel empowered. Susan talks about her dark night where she was going through a divorce and how she was able to use the tools that she was learning in her master's program on consciousness to help herself heal. Now Susan has empowered many through her podcast and her book, Live Your Empowered Life, A 30-Day Journey. She also has meditations on Insight Timer, and you can visit her website at susanburrell.com. But for now, here is Susan Burrell. Let's get started. Welcome to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this show, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll hear incredible stories of transformation and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for well over a decade. My connection with energy is so strong, and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. All right. Today on the podcast, I have Susan Burrell and I am so excited to talk to her today because actually we're going to be talking about who we are and why we're here and how we can feel empowered. I also know that we're going to be talking about consciousness because she has a master's in consciousness. And I was like, wow, that is really super cool because... The idea of consciousness is really evolving over time and is really hard to nail down. But I remember when I was trying to understand consciousness, and I came across a video online where they were scanning a man's brain who had dementia. And most of his brain was basically what they considered gone, like it wasn't really there. And so he couldn't remember details of his life, but they put him under hypnosis, and he was able to recall his entire life in detail. So I was like, wow, where the heck are these memories being stored like what is his consciousness really so i'm excited to talk about that please susan welcome to the show i mean my goodness yeah <laughs> i've already <laughs> talked so much but thank you for being here
0: you know and i love the way that that happens where we sync up before we drop into the conversation on the recording you know it's i just love that that's how it works because that's really how we are i was going to use the word supposed to be but that's part of consciousness syncing up with Fellow human beings for the highest good, not just to sink up and go sink low, but you know, like Michelle Obama was saying, we go high, we go high. And people that are focused on evolving their inner awareness, it's more than mindfulness. Mindfulness is the big catchphrase right now. It's more than being mindful. Mindfulness is a tool to use to raise your consciousness, to raise the vibration of who you are. We just started at the top. You know, I don't know what you want to do now. (laughs) (laughs) She answered all the questions.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's true. You know, that's how I started was I got more mindful. I started doing meditation. I started realizing like, who am I? Who do I believe I am? And then I didn't really like what I heard. I thought that they were very limiting beliefs. I was like, why do I have that belief? It's not serving me. And so that evolved into more and more wanting to understand why I'm here and things like that. So, and, and like you said, we, we are here to sync up and we come into vibration with other people who are of a similar vibration because that's the way the universe works. Together, we work to even get higher and higher in our vibration. So how did you get into this stuff?
0: Pushed. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a dark night. <laughs> oh. Oh, Manny. No, I've always been a spiritual quester from the time I was a teenager. I didn't know what I was looking at, but people would come into my orb, my circle of friends. When I was in my early twenties, I met a man who I just adored who was of the Baha'i faith. Never heard of it. Mm -mm, I was, and it's all about oneness and love. If you investigate further, there is no one religion, my opinion, that is correct they all distill down to the idea of oneness and love. Mm. All of them. If you go into ancient esoteric writings of Judaism or Christianity or the Muslim faith, it all distills to love and oneness, which means we are connected, period. There's no question. So how I got started is I was questing for myself. I was pursuing acting from a young Mm. age and not feeling fulfilled. And my focus became on the money. You know, when I had that first residual check, I was like, holy cow. And every time I went on an interview, I was focused on the money and consequently couldn't get arrested. Couldn't get arrested? (laughs) Right. You know, couldn't uh, get the gig. Because my beliefs that, oh, I'm going to be an amazing actress and make lots of money was in the way because that's not why I was being called to be an actress. Mm -hmm. Now, I've lived long enough that it all cycles around. And you can, you know, when you've lived to be a a ripe old age or a certain midlife something, you can look back and go, oh, there's the connect the dots stepping stones of life. So I just began to read anything I could get my hands on. I did a support group for almost three years with people. We were reading Joel Goldsmith. Okay, who's that? <laughs> so, um, okay. Joel Goldsmith, he was of Jewish heritage, right? He got involved in the early movement of Christian science with Mary Baker Eddy and Emma Curtis Hopkins. And he became, in his own right, an amazing teacher and vessel for spirit. And his work was called The Infinite Way. So I read a bunch of his stuff very deep. You have to read under the words, right? You have to read between the lines because the vibration in those books is very high. And if you're not attuned, you will miss it. I became involved in studying Ernest Holmes, who was the founder. He's actually not in body, but he is definitely one of my spirit guides and mentors. He's awesome. Science of Mind became the distillation of all the world's philosophies and religions, distilling it down, Ernest Holmes did all this work. He he just couldn't stop researching and put it all in one place where you can see that there is no one religion that is the religion. Science of mind is a philosophy, which I so appreciate, not a religion. Because in my view, and I came in very strong this lifetime recognizing, oh, I'm going to say this, recognizing that, and we've seen it happen, oh my gosh that world religions brainwash people over centuries. I'm dropping it in people over (laughs) centuries and not to diss anybody. That's very dedicated to their religion because it also is a place where people find huge comfort and ability to focus on what it is and how they're here to serve. But (laughs) if you Oh, if you aren't investigating your own consciousness, if you aren't asking your own questions of yourself and questioning whatever ancient text you're reading and, and trying to read underneath and between the lines, if you're not doing that, then you're just following the group. And as we've seen recently in America, following the group does not always end well. And I'm sure we're in for some more times like that. So I read everything metaphysical. I became a practitioner of uh, science of mind on 911. That day it was a two year program to learn how to be a counselor and to do the high work. And on 911, I it was no mistake, I mean, it was loud and clear, spirit said, this is now what you're supposed to do and I wiggled around it. I you know I, And I, I got, I just literally, I don't get on my knees, but I, I, I lit a candle. I got down and said, I am here to serve. That was my commitment before I even started the program. I continue to reinvestigate within myself because consciousness isn't a place you arrive at. It is an ongoing development over lifetimes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Lifetimes. So I don't know if your listeners recognize that we don't have just one life. I
1: would think that they do based on the conversations we've had.
0: Yeah. So I think consciousness is, when we talk about consciousness, is what you said earlier, Amy, is about raising the vibrational. So we are energetic beings. You know, in Chinese medicine, they they talk about the chi. Those are meridians that flow through our body systems, the physical body system. But they align us with our mental, emotional and spiritual systems, and when those energy systems are clogged, seeing my acupuncturist right after this conversation—how funny! When those energy systems are clogged, then we, our growth, our health, our mental well-being is disrupted or mm-hmm. stuck. And that goes back to what you were saying about what are the beliefs that we hold that we need to get rid of that, and and they aren't ours. a lot lot of the time. Yeah. (laughs) It's what society put on us, family of origin put on us, friends and expectations were put on us. And, and that doesn't necessarily mean that that is true for you. Right. So in developing and raising your consciousness, being in that awareness that there's something that could be blocking your highest good or blocking you from hearing within, because I believe the wisdom of your soul is in your heart. I believe that all the things that people seek, peace, happiness, love resides within you already because we are all divine sparks of light. And because we are pieces of light that come from this unexplainable source energy thingy, we have a commonality. That's the energy system that downloads when we're born. This energy system that reloads when we leave the planet, when we transition mm-hmm. out and it continues on. So we are infinite beings. The Alpha and Omega. There is no beginning or end. It is just this circle. Ralph Waldo Emerson talked about we're all contained in the circle. The ancient Greeks, ancient, ancient Greeks talked about that the energy that we as human beings and planet Earth and animals and rocks and butterflies are is all contained in this larger energy. So when we leave the planet, this is important for people that have had loved ones transition because of COVID. Transition for people that don't know means die. Okay, when we exit this lifetime, we become energy again. And we go back into that larger energy system for whatever reason you know there are people that have had near-death experiences and they're coming back to tell us about that thank you thank you because so many people are curious and afraid Mm -hmm. so they'll hang on like the man you were describing with dementia they hang on even though they're not functioning here anymore because they're afraid to move on Mm -hmm. how we got into that i don't know amy so (laughs)
1: <laughs> First of all, I love this idea of that we are all connected. I mean, I've definitely felt that through meditation, just loving every single person no matter where they are, what they've done, because I could see a piece of them inside me, whether they were struggling or doing something, you know, wrong or whatever, I they they experienced shame or whatever, hurt people hurt people so I can understand that. But also, you know, I, I remember when I was getting rid of some plants because I need they were just taking over this whole area and I could feel the pain that I was causing and that's how sensitive I am to energy and then as you were talking I was thinking yeah like think about when we have a flame on a candle we can light many candles from that one flame it doesn't go out just because we've decided to light another candle and that's what we are we're all originating from one candle or one flame and I, I remember hearing about that in terms of love from people who have lots of kids or like, I can't really describe to you why I I love them all the same. It's not like I, I went all to the first one, you know, it just continues to it flow. So we are infinite. And that way we can see that, we can feel that, we can know that. So anyway, my back to my question was, how did you get started? It sounded like a dark night because, you know, usually a lot of us, get to a point where we're like, I just need to understand this one thing, like about me. Like I'm I've hit a wall. I need right. to know why we're here. Mm-hmm.
0: So my dark night, when I started my spiritual quest, I hadn't really had a dark night. I was just curious. And I knew that what society and people believed was not the truth. Like women are worthless. That wasn't the truth you know and so i was investigating where where did this idea come from why did we become chattel and somebody's property and things like that and one thing led to another right but when i was in my early 30s i was married we were having financial struggles there was struggle in the marriage that i wasn't acknowledging And my body went into diabetic, I almost went into a diabetic coma, I I lost like, I was down to like 98 pounds, I had no muscle, it was a scary time, and I almost died. But what I heard what the minute a doctor said, you're diabetic, and I immediately had to go on insulin. What I heard, first of all, relief, I felt relief. Oh, thank God. Now I know what this is that I've been dealing with for, well, it was a couple of years. And then the final phase was about 4 months. And then when I was in the hospital for a few days, I heard that this is this is temporary. This is just a test, it's temporary. Now I've been diabetic for 28 years, insulin dependent diabetic immediately for 28 years. So, have I learned whatever the lesson is, I have no idea. I it certainly brought me into greater compassion and understanding of people that have diseases and when I constantly investigate within myself what's mine why is this continuing what's mine how do I heal and it's consequently healing mental and emotional stuff then the body can reset but I had my bigger dark night that brought me into where I am now the, the under absolute understanding I was going through my master's program and there was lots of retreats and You know, meditation, I was meditating like almost an hour and a half a day, journaling, reading, studying. And I heard again, very clearly, you are a conduit for spirit, for spirit to flow through. And I know from pre-diabetic to get healed through diabetic stuff that I'm very strong and courageous. It's just who I am. It's built into my system. So the Conduit for Spirit thing, I came out, I started doing a -a five-day-a-week, one-hour radio show live, and I did that for a year and a half. And basically what it was, was it it was called Live Your Inspired Life, and it was to inspire people to wake up. And I have those archived on my YouTube channel if people want to go back and listen. I I had the opportunity to interview some pretty amazing people, like Joe Dispenza, great women. Yes, and and... I, it it was such a, it was a gift, but what occurred is after 28 years of marriage. Now, remember, I, I was unconsciously aware that this relationship was not healthy for me and I became diabetic instead of being consciously aware that this was unhealthy for me and making choices for my best Interest for my highest good. I had been taught and trained as a woman, and I'm the oldest as a woman that, you know, in my generation, we are still from that era of the man goes first, the woman behind the man thing. So I didn't listen to all the inner wisdom that was screaming at me. I just ignored it for 28 years.
1: Wow.
0: Now, there's reasons for that. But what occurred is when I went into a uh, divorce, I was shattered. That was the dark. I was shattered. There was stuff that was uncovering that I had not seen that I had been living with, mine and his that I was like, "Holy moly." I felt worthless. Worthless. Because of things I had been told that I especially if it's somebody you think loves you and they tell you shit, sorry. Yeah, it's explicit. Don't worry. (laughs) Okay. Then you believe it, right? It must be true. They love me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Going through divorce, knew I wanted to come out whole. That's when all my other healing modalities kicked in. I was in my mid fifties. That's when they kicked in because when I was younger and they were happening at, at a very early age, I was told not to do that. Don't be so sensitive. Those people don't want to know what you think. And it was Mm -hmm. like, okay, okay, don't, don't say those things. Don't, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you don't rock the boat. Yeah. Right. So consequently, it amplified the shattering of my heart, amplified these skill sets. And my body went through a whole reset because there were so many emotions I had been ignoring for most of my life, not just the 28 years of marriage, like rage. Mm. And sorrow, tremendous grief i I think I carried it in. I had to deal with that, but then there was also like the shame that showed up one day in the middle of me sorting divorce papers in my kitchen that I didn't realize I was carrying. That's when I sat down immediately and did and just listened within and did a whole meditation on clearing the shame because whether or not it was mine. It wasn't important for me to find the the root cause reason of why I felt shame. And I'm telling people, sometimes it's really not important. Because if you want to just clear it, you can. The why and everything might be important for you to know so you don't repeat it again, so you don't fall in the same pothole over and over and over. But oftentimes, once you clear the garbage, it opens up so much more... Many avenues within you to really align yourself mentally, emotionally, energetically. And it's important. And so I knew I had a second chance at life. I wanted to live it on my terms. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to learn how to love and respect myself because I realized I didn't love or respect myself because I had not been loved or respected for who I am. And so that's when empowerment became my cornerstone. I wanted to experience freedom and happiness and love for myself, and then love with another another man, and have a good, healthy relationship, not a dysfunctional, unhealthy relationship. Right.
1: So I, I want to pause. It came to me. Yeah, I want to pause there for a second because you know it sounds like what you were going through in your dark night was this. Shift in identity from being somebody who was married, doing was socially acceptable, to then switching gears to doing what was acceptable to you. And mm-hmm. you know, when we have that identity shift, it definitely does threaten our safety, and we start to feel like we're falling, and we get scared. And so, I, it's great that you you were going through all these processes in school and learning these tools and you could kind of, you know, as you're going through this, see, Oh, that's about shame. Oh, that's about expectations. That's about not being loved. That's about grief. You know, being able to sort through and unpack it the way that you did. I really, I I applaud you for realizing that you weren't being able to be yourself and be loved for who you really are.
0: You know, it's interesting, Amy, because when I was getting my master's degree, it was four years intense study. My mantra became, I choose to be fully me. I choose to be fully me. This is before I filed for divorce. I choose to be fully me. And that was my mantra. And I didn't know what that meant, except that I knew I needed to stand up, speak up, all those things that a lot, many, many, many women, especially women that have been involved in domestic violence or have been living with a narcissist, you you learn to keep your mouth shut. Because you don't trust that what you, is coming out of your mouth or what you think and feel is true, because you've been oftentimes told it's not. It, right. You know, domestic violence doesn't have to be the physical violence; it's the emotional and mental violence that's that's even worse for people, for women, most women. So, yeah, yeah. So what happened is, I did. I, I used all my skill sets, and I did come out. Healthier and better. Now I constantly have to still use all those skill sets. I'm finally surrendered to the idea that my inner work is ongoing. Yeah. And, and, and and the truth is for all your listeners, when you commit to raising your vibration in consciousness, when you commit to walking a higher ground and being more of who you are, which is love, which is light, which is creativity, When you choose to be that, it's ongoing. Mm -hmm. When you choose not to be that and just kind of stay asleep and dip your toe in the meditation pool every once in a while, you get more of that. You get more being asleep and not functioning at your full potential, which is why we are sent to planet Earth, to learn how to function at our full potential. And the next several years, I've been hearing we're going to be called. We already have been called right over the last four years, five years, six, 10, I don't know, but certainly we're being called to wake up. It's not about wake up because of the shit that's happening outside of your house, whatever you think that is. It's about waking up within yourself and then asking yourself, how can I serve? How can I serve? Because it's about being love. Radi- that's what I teach accessing the love that you are, being more of that in spite of what you want to argue for or against, being more of that, and then using that love that heals everything to be your cornerstone of how you're going to serve. So to that end, I I I thought I was going to write a book on how to get through divorce and come out whole. I had post-its all over my wall and it's going to go like this. And then I had a friend a couple of years ago, a couple girlfriends, we traveled together often and I was bemoaning yet another something with my ex. And she said, why don't you don't write a book about divorce? That's ridiculous. Why don't you write a book about what you teach? I was like, huh? And she said, everything you need, because she was one of my students for many years. And she said, everything's in your computer. And I was like, it is. <laughs> And and so I went to my computer and sure enough, it was all there. And so I started putting together my book that came out in 2019 called Live an Empowered Life, a 30-Day Journey. And it's everything that I did to get myself out of my divorce and feel more free and happy and, and loving and respectful toward myself. I didn't realize it as I was putting it together, but I really wanted the people that do the book because it ended up being a workbook. It's not like a read it and get a golden nugget and woohoo, you're good. It's a workbook. Because when I teach or I work with clients, I require, did you hear that word? I require them to do the work. I'm not the Sherpa. I'm not here to hold your hand and mommy is through it. And no, I'm here to teach you how to be empowered in your life so you can move forward, how to be self-responsible. So the book has Affirmations I wrote and worked personally when I was going through divorce, journaling prompts. It goes back and forth with my website because I don't want people. I know when I'm in that, when I was in that journey, a small group of very trusted friends and practitioners working with me, praying with me, making me laugh when I thought I was going to die, you know, in divorce, that kind of stuff. And I think people need a support group. So it interacts with my website where you can watch a video that inspires you or there's a video explaining how to do EFT or mind mapping. So you come out of the experience with a new purpose or more clear on what your purpose actually has been always and cleared of a lot of the garbage in your head and those belief systems that were holding you down. When I was working before the book came together, I was meditating one day and I heard this word emancipation. And I started to use that word out in public and people were like, what? Because that had a connection to our society's past. But what I discovered in meditation is that we all shackle ourselves to belief systems that aren't ours. We shackle ourselves to shame that isn't ours or to our past And we can't move forward. When you see those shackles on your ankles in your mind, you're unable to move forward. And so part of finding freedom for yourself is to emancipate yourself from those beliefs and behaviors that we were taught or or was modeled for us so that we can choose, right? Mm -hmm. Freedom of choice. We can choose. Because we're all spiritual beings, we have freedom of choice. We can choose to be sleepy and, Meh, and binge watch, whatever, or we can choose to dig deeper and raise our vibration and align it with the highest vibration, align it with the highest good, the highest good. And the highest good, everybody, you can't, like I said earlier, it, it, it's indescribable. And human beings want to describe, they want to define, they want to, you know, they mm-hmm. want to put uh, labels. Right. And, and what I'm finding still is it's hard to label it. So consequently, it's it's a challenge to explain or teach it. The best way I am learning is to be it, but, which means be more me, mm-hmm. be more aligned with me. And I find when I am synced up with my highest and I am in touch with the love that I am and all of that, when I go out masked up to wherever I have to go, I radiate that. It's my intention. When I start my day, my intention is to radiate and be love. And the people that are awakening, you've had this experience a bazillion times, I'm sure, Amy, the people that are awakening will be drawn to you Mm -hmm. because your light is shining. And if you focus on love, that becomes the healing component for many people, because you mentioned not feeling safe. I haven't felt safe for a whole bunch of other old past life reasons and this life reason. So the, the love then becomes this protective bubble as well. You know, so When you leave your house, if you breathe into the love that's in your heart, right, and surround yourself with love, fill yourself with love, surround yourself with love, and then tell yourself only love can enter here. Because there's so many people afraid out there, you can't get out of your car or your house without feeling the collective fear and anger. And so, being love, invoking love from the inside out, and then knowing, claiming that only love enters here. Not just in your house, but in your body, your mental, emotional, physical body, then you can be more empowered and more protected.
1: Yeah. So a lot of people will, will push back and say, well, how can I love this person that abused me? And it can be hard to find that love. But if, if you are aware of the fact that that probably that that person was abusive because they were abused. So hurt people hurt people. You can find that the love that you wanted and the fact that they didn't get that, you can kind of find compassion in that way. And then that's the love that you're talking about, just exuding that love and realizing that, you know, I love actually, this is one of the things that also changed my mind around anger is that Buddha said anger is like holding onto a hot rock and not throwing it. And it's just burning you. So I was like, wow, that's true. Like It's just making me bitter. And if I can transmute that in a way like loving the person that made me angry or loving the situation and saying thank you for this gift, I truly believe that things happen for us, not to us. And that changes my whole orientation to the world and makes me feel more empowered and And I think that it's important that we feel empowered in order to change our identity because it's scary. Like we said, you know, people are going to say, who the hell do you think you are leaving a marriage? And usually when they say that, you could look at them and see how they aren't living their life. You can see how they may be in a marriage that that they want to leave but haven't or wanted that job but haven't gotten that job. So you can have the compassion for them and understand it's not about you. And that's why I love the four agreements because we don't take things personally. It's just a reflection of what they're going through. Mm
0: -hmm. Can I I tap on that? Sure, please do. Because as you were talking, it's absolutely true to find a place Where you can love the person that you feel harmed you, betrayed you, whatever. So there's two great people that I love their ideology. One is Catherine Ponder. She is a unity minister who does a lot of work around helping people become financially free. And one of the things she said is that when we hold unforgiveness, it doesn't hurt the person we're not forgiving, it hurts us because it shackles us. She actually used that word. It becomes this prison. And so to forgive the person, which is really hard sometimes, to forgive that person that's harmed you, yes, it helps them because going back to the ideology, we're all one. It helps free them. But more importantly, it frees you. And if you're holding unforgiveness, And anger, it blocks you from all your good, financial, health, all that. The other person I wanted to mention is Archbishop Desmond Tutu.
1: Hmm.
0: Now, Desmond Tutu was a phenomenal man in South Africa who helped support the fight against apartheid, which was, well, you guys Google it. If you don't know what apartheid was, it was very prevalent when I was growing up. But what was happening is that the whites in South Africa, many of them were, of course, suppressing the blacks. Who came first? I don't know, right? Who Mm. came first? Black people did. Uh Uh-huh, in (laughs) Africa. So Desmond Tutu's, because he was such a spiritual man, he said, he taught his followers, it's not about attacking and killing them. It's about sending them love. And when you forgive, your attackers you know many of them were put in jail and brutalized by white guards and and Desmond Tutu said if when you forgive those people that have harmed you you think have harmed you when you do that you help them to be able to stand up on their own two feet on a higher level you help uplift them you follow what i'm saying so forgiveness yeah it, it sets that other person free but it's really for us right and what like what you said if you're holding on to anger, it only hurts you. If you're holding on to shame, it only hurts you. If you're holding on to fear, it only hurts you.
1: So I, I just want to mention, because this key, I keep getting the image of something that is telling me that I need to bring this up. <laughs> so sometimes we can get rid of those shackles, right? Like We can release them, but there's another shackle that is yes. behind that. And I'll give you an example which kept coming up is the reason why elephants can be in a circus, for, you know, back when this was allowed, is that they tie them up when they're very young and then they wind up believing they can't escape because they're tied up. And once they take away the tie, they still don't leave. So it's important to address the invisible stuff, the beliefs that you have that created that
0: shackle. Okay. Yes, the beliefs. And the beliefs create an energy system that keeps us small. We just have been seeing it out playing in our country. You know, if you're not taking lessons from watching that, boy. So the energy systems that we surround ourselves with, you have got to be consciously aware is this for my highest good? Because if it is, you'll feel more self-expressed and empowered and happy and but if it isn't, then it's important to investigate what those energy systems are. So when I was going through a divorce, sometimes it's challenging for me to talk about this because there is a, I still have that fear factor of I'm going to get in trouble. When I was going through a divorce, another day I got up and I I was meditating and I felt just this like like a fisherman's net of cords, all right? Energy cords all around me and hooked into my body. And I was like, "Oh my god." And this was my ex-husband. That's how Tied we were, and so I did a meditation of cutting those cords. Just cut, 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 cut. And so this speaks to what you're talking about: is when you take off one shackle, another one might appear, mm. it, it, and why I want everybody to know that there's you have got to be aware of the energy that you surround yourself with as well, because those cords, whether there's somebody you love or somebody you don't like, they also keep you small. That's an ongoing practice for me now of of cutting cords of not just my ex, but anybody that I feel is trying to stifle me energetically. Right.
1: Well, I mean, you can imagine that labels or expectations really contain somebody and and then a container makes something smaller than it actually is, right? It keeps it from growing or expanding or getting bigger. And mm-hmm. and in the podcast, we talk a lot about how when we are in the sympathetic nervous system, we are um, actually contracted. That's what animals do is they contract their energy and they get smaller and protect their organs. But when we feel safe, we can open up when we're in the parasympathetic. We are in rest, digest, and heal. We are feeling love, gratitude, abundance, creativity, better immune system, all that kind of stuff. And that's how sickness is related to what we believe because if our minds are constantly running in fear, we're going to degrade the energetic system of the body and thus the body.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that was my experience. I'm still healing. Yeah, and and I I wanna just back
1: it up for a second because you said, that you haven't felt safe in this lifetime, but also from other lifetimes. And and generally, I just want to say to the the folks out there that are listening, there's a good chance that if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are a healer of some kind. And it wasn't always accepted. And it wasn't always easy to be somebody who is different and Offering services around healing. And so there's some trauma from past lifetimes that can be brought to this lifetime, but it is easy to clear those things if you are aware of them and and can work with people to do that.
0: And I found that EFT, the tapping, is so helpful because again, I don't need to know. Mm. I just want to heal. Yep. Right. Yeah. And sometimes I just have to talk myself through things. And I think a lot of people have to talk themselves through things.
1: Yeah, but in, and I think that there's a difference though of talking through things and talking about things, right? A lot of yes. people talk about things and that's why they get stuck. But if we talk through things like, oh, this is related to this, this is related to that, this is a pattern, this is where I feel it in my body, you know, we're talking through, we're working it out of our body. Yes. Um, thank you so much for sharing everything that you have today, being so open about your divorce and dark night. Is there anything else you want to say about how can people get more empowered? Is there, do you have a particular
0: go to method? Well, there's lots of things. You can find all that I do, my guided meditations, the book, right, insight timer, the right? Pod, yes. Insight timer, podcasts, empowering chats with Susan Burrell. Oftentimes I will intend and infuse in some of my podcasts an energy healing system for people. But I'd love to offer your listeners uh, a guided meditation gift that I call out-of-the-box thinking. Oh, cool. So if they go to susanburrell.com and then type backslash free-gift-meditation, dash gift dash meditation, you'll be given or sent that guided meditation. And it's pretty powerful, pretty profound. Yeah.
1: So. I joke... In the podcast and in life that I've had so many coming outs, (laughs) (laughs) basically coming out of the closet, the box, the whatever that I actually was, I'm recently going through something where I'm thinking of changing and, and altering something. And I was just like, I should have known that this was coming, right? Like, because it's a constant continuation of this coming out, being more aligned, you know, really being our true essence. And I remember about two years back, I was like, what if our only purpose here is just to be a 100% in alignment with who we are. And I really feel like that is why we're here now, you know, two two years later, after ruminating for a long time, I, I really believe that The more that we can be the expression of who we really truly are, the more that we are
0: able to be the light in the world that is needed. Absolutely. And last year during the beginning of the pandemic, I I started a Facebook group. I'm not big on Facebook, but a Facebook group called Live Your Empowered Life, so that I had a platform where I could continue to teach. And so I was asked I was in meditation asking Spirit, you know, what what is mine to do? And I heard activate the light. And I was like, huh? And then I heard activate light leaders Hmm. and there are so, I got chills. There are so many of us on the planet and we don't even know. We don't even know. And again, because of past hoo-ha, trauma, diddly, whatever, (laughs) uh, you know, it was like, Oh no, really? But that's what I, that's my mission now is to activate light leaders Not so that people get on a big stage and whatever, unless you want to, but, you know, just to be that light leader within your own life, within your family, within your job or whatever, because it's all about activating and raising the vibrational tone of consciousness because it is exactly why we're here right now. Absolutely. Yeah. To be a hundred percent us in spite of, in spite of.
1: Well, I love, oh, I think it's David Hawkins. I always get them confused, mm-hmm. Stephen Hawkins, David Hawkins,
0: about love and above, you know,
1: just being the vibration that shifts others just by being you. I love that idea that we have the capacity just by being who we are to raise the frequency of a certain amount of other people just simply by vibration because we're all connected. So if anybody's interested, they could look at that scale of consciousness.
0: Very important. Abraham Hicks has a scale of consciousness in their book, Ask and It Is Given. Oh, Uh, huh. Yeah, which is a great tool book. But as we're talking, Amy, I'm also hearing, and I want to caution your listeners to really investigate the people you follow from within your heart to really see if you are in alignment because your head will say, oh yeah, that's the guy or that's the girl or whatever. But there's... a I'm hearing the word charlatan. It's my personal dilly do that I don't like. I my, One of my foundational principles is integrity. And there are lots of people that are putting on the mask and claiming they are a healer, a medium, coach, whatever. And so I just want to encourage your listeners to also be really aware and in alignment with who you are to know that this person you're saying yes to in terms of the, them being a guide with you or a a, a counselor or whatever that they are integrity and not just blowing air right
1: right i mean that that's for sure right now especially with social media and things like that is it's easy to grow following saying the things that you know make most people happy <laughs> um, or
0: angry look what just happened again with yeah. our country
1: yeah. You know, I've I personally come across a charlatan myself and I was like, wow, like and it's uncomfortable. But at the same time, I do wonder this person is making a difference in people's lives and is offering information. I don't believe that he as awake as he plays off that he is, but He's nonetheless is changing people's views. And so I do agree. Yeah. Fi- with anything in life, you know, find out if it resonates with you. I mean, don't wear something that doesn't feel good on you, you know, whether it's a color or a style or whatever, or don't live where you don't want to be, you know, don't marry somebody who you don't want to be with, you know, <laughs> like that's, it's with anything in life, you know, vet that, that thing and, and it check takes a lot of courage. It takes yeah. a lot of
0: courage to vet, right? It takes right. a lot of courage. Because that means you've, if you've been led down a rosy path and you wake up and go, holy moly, like, for instance, getting married, and you wake up and you're about to get married and you're like, hell no, listen to yourself. It's just important. Don't worry about the cost. And like you said, Amy, it's important to be true to ourselves and to really be us Mm -hmm. as much as humanly possible all the time. Yeah, because it's hard. That's why we're here. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's an evolution. Hard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, it's, and it's ongoing and, and we may get some of it right and we may not, you know, but I know, oh, I ask myself this now because I'm, I'm of a certain age. My mom passed away this last year and it brought me up to A, what's mine to do still and B, what's my legacy? What am I leaving behind? And I know for me, I want to leave behind a well-lived life that's full of happiness and love and not the fear and the what-ifs and trying to produce and create product and make millions. I just want to know at the end of my life, my life has been well-lived.
1: You want to know something interesting? Before I do almost every single podcast, I listen to a few minutes of, or a few, whatever, about a minute of I live the song. Just because it it gets me, you know, geared up and happy and, and just like, I want to, to be fully present and be here.
0: So I love you. I love that. I am (laughs) amazed because when I met my current spouse, he had just lost his wife of 28 years. So we were both coming out of 28 year marriages and it was very, very painful for him. And one morning, he started to play for me. I lived, hmm. and I just stood there stunned. And it was to me his making the choice to live, to live and continue on, and then making the choice to live with me. Hmm. And that's our song. Oh, that's so cute. That's, yeah, it, I've never song. admitted that on the podcast. That's oh funny. my god, it's a it's an awesome song. Yeah. It's an awesome song in
1: that song, they talk about how things may not always be perfect, but nonetheless get up and keep going and and just say I lived like I, I did it. you know, I was fully present, I saw it all, I did it all. Yes. yeah. well, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. You are a joy to talk to and so fun to talk to. <laughs>
0: I enjoyed talking. Thanks for letting me just babble on. I appreciate that. (laughs) Well, Well, it's
1: all honesty. You know, it's just your life experience and sharing the journey. So thank you.